Welcome. It is the Ski Bomb Podcast, and it is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Loving life right now. Uh, people are getting out skiing. Things are feast or famine right now in the ski world. Yeah, there's been a lot more feast, though, recently, yeah. which is a good thing. There's a little bit of famine. We'll talk about both these things. And we will also follow up on last week's episode where we talked about our wonderful day skiing at Cannon. Follow it up with our wonderful day that we had the next day at Waterville Valley, oh. also in beautiful New Hampshire. So you're going to want to hang around and listen to that conversation. For now, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. You're on all your favorite social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, untapped at Ski Bump Podcast. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Go to your favorite podcasting apps, rate and subscribe. We're also on YouTube. So if you want to check us out there, check us out. Good old, I think it's at Ski Bump Podcast on YouTube. Or search us out yeah, on the website and click it. Another place that we are at, Patreon. We are at oh. patreon.com slash podcast. Big shout out and thank you to our latest patron, Brandon S. He jumped in. Standing ovation. Yes, a huge thank you. Jumped in at the $20 a month plan. Oh. That's the way to do it. So thank you so much. And if you want to join, become a patron, patron on Patreon, patreon.com slash ski podcast. We're going to build out the levels a little bit more now. So if you sign up for the, the big packages, we may not have the cool stuff now, but we're going to get the cool stuff down the road. Oh, yeah. I assure it's you, gonna, gonna we're going to have some cool swag. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And also a big Depending on what state you are, we may have some cannabis <laughs> items too. I don't know. I don't know if we could do it. Anything is possible <laughs> these days, right? Allegedly, perhaps, maybe. Allegedly. Big thank you and shout out also to Teresia, our sponsor. T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A dot com. Teresia, they have premium cold weather solutions. Their mission is to create best-in-class apparel that can be worn in any cold temperature environment designed with thoughtful features and fit. Tons of zippers, pockets, always providing the optimum level of performance for whatever you are doing. They fully believe in the idea that good products can always be made better and strive to constantly improve, refine, and optimize all facets of their products. Go to their website, terracea.com. Use the code TERRACEABUM, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A-B-U-M for 15% off. Thank you, Terracea. Thank you. All of you for listening. Mario, let's kick this off the way we always do. It's time for our pray today. So today I broke out a nice favorite. I think I mentioned during Christmas time, for some reason, I would get a bottle and then my wife got a bottle and then we got another bottle because we, we had plans to give them away to people and then we didn't see people. So we're like, okay, we have all these bottles laying around. We just give them all- to each other. We're all bottles of Basil Hayden. Whoa, there you go. I got like four bottles just sitting on my bar, and I'm like, yeah, I got to drink this stuff. Like, I love it, which is good. So, is that the regular one? This is the regular one. Okay. Now they have all, everybody has like 50 different types of of liqueur. Got to do it. You got to have varieties, got to have a 
a double oaked one and one with marshmallow flavored and a cinnamon one. 12 year old, 14 year old. Like I'm drinking it like a man. I got it out of a nice crystal glass. No ice. Otherwise known as neat. Fancy Mm. gentleman right here. That's a nice glass. That was my, uh, my wife and I, we gave our wedding gifts to each other. It was Waterford, Waterford drink glasses with, uh, a decanter, which has bourbon in that too. There you go. <laughs> like Keep a gentleman. Classy. I like that. That's highfalutin. Certainly beats my uh, red solo cup of, uh, <laughs> of whiskey they usually drink out of. I actually had these plastic Maker's Mark cups that I loved. Nice. They were just, they were cheap, but they were, Maker's Mark had a thing maybe like, I don't know, 15 years ago or so, where like you join their program, their, you know, whatever. The Ambassador Club, what they called it. So you sign uh, up. You don't have to do to anything. Get outdoor gear and a smoke, <laughs> dude. I not quite it's to that same level, idea, right? But it was every year they would send stuff around Christmas time. So one year was those glasses, glasses. They were plastic cups, nice that I loved. It was the right size, the right shape. They sent ice cube tray, like to make the ball, the big like ice, you know, whiskey balls. No, but they said like golf balls that look they were dipped in the you know, because Maker's Mark does the wax on the bottles. Oh yeah. And the golf balls looked like they were dipped in wax. Nice. They did a bunch of cool stuff every year. And then one year it was wrapping paper. One year they gave these boxes. It was like a a box you'd put a maker's mark bottle in, but it was like a a goofy, like a gag. Cool. The box looked like a gag gift. So yeah, they they would just do stuff like that. And it was I always looked forward to it every year. And then I moved and I guess maybe they're sending it somewhere. To some other house where I don't live some anymore. Some other dude's like, I moved into this house and I just keep getting Maker's Mark Maker stuff. This is great. I don't know who yeah. this Brian guy is, but this is awesome. This guy was the coolest. I'm glad he never changed his address. Good right. Maker's Mark. But Best house purchase ever for the Maker's Mark. Worth stuff. it. Worth it. So I, we're doing this on a Tuesday night and I was, I was really pondering what to have. Now, where I live, it rained today. But if you went just like an hour north, it snowed. So I'm mm. like, it's, so it's pretty cold out. And I went in the fridge and I saw we still have a ton of glue vine left. Not a ton, but a ton of... Good amount. A good amount of glue vine. Because you really have a very small window where you want to drink mulled wine. And you're midweek right now. Which is, that's a bold move. Having some eh. glue vine on a, you know. I'm a bold man. I'm a bold man. So yes, I'm doing glue vine in my little adorable little teal cup here that yeah. we accidentally stole from a friend's beach house last summer. Didn't steal Boom. it. We just didn't Allegedly. realize we had it till we were home. And they were like, we're not going back to give it to you. And they were leaving and whatever. You just borrowed it for a while. They'll get it back next summer, right? If you don't know what glue vine is, talked about it at nauseum throughout this podcast. I think we have history. a recipe out there somewhere, don't we? We had a really good recipe that we liked from, I think it was Epicurious, but then the website went away. So I know everyone loves having mm. their bookmarks, keeping it on the phone. If you love a recipe for anything, God damn it, print it out, man. Paper. Print it out. You know what? Chisel it into stone, perhaps, or something. Like you, hard copies are important. I think we're going to start one alcoholic more. winter when I was trying to perfect the Jaeger tea and I got it dialed in pretty good. Like I started playing around with different types of tea, different types of stuff in there, making it a little bit 
healthier for you. Like a goddamn like laboratory going on. I did. And then I came up with that formula. I made this massive batch and I was giving people like You made bottles. labels? I made the labels. On the label was the recipe. See? See, that's a good idea. Copied on there and then you know yours have it. Yeah, that's important. Because that's the fear that you're going to lose that recipe and be like, shit, I got to recreate it again. Dude, if it's bookmarked on a website, you never know if that website's going away. Think about right. it. Someone, someone owns that site. Or they break dies. the page link. They just dies. pull it down. They die. And they're not, they're not paying their, their yearly web hosting plan anymore. Yeah. Gone. Gone. Done. Paper is important. Canceled. Tangible. Canceled by God. <laughs> Boom. That's really canceled. Boom. Yeah. So blue vine. Uh, what's it got? Red wine. A little bit of rum. A little bit of brandy. You got to make it from sugar. scratch with no recipe. You could do it. Probably. Yeah. You make something enough times. You know, it's it. It's drilled into your brain, which is the most important thing. All right. So I messed up you repeating what's in it. So you sure did. I did. Red wine. Probably Carlo Rossi. Don't get fancy wines. You just you're being silly. Then Carlo Rossi works. Burgundy, Chianti, any one of those red ones. Rum, brandy, sugar, oranges, lemons. We'll send them in little cloves. Put it all in regular there. Regular brandy or flavored? Regular. Uh, we've used. Uh, I use the Asbach when I'm making it. I use the good okay. stuff. I yeah, like Asbach, Asbach has a distinct taste. It brandy. does. I like it. Yeah, I put that one in and then actually did I say rum? You can use rum. Um light or dark. That's a good question. I have used usually the the light rum. Okay. But it's one of those things like if you have stuff floating around, you want to get rid of it, like eh, throw it in it there. In. Chuck yeah. it in. You got sugar, you got lemon and orange in there. It's there's a lot of other flavors that are gonna overwhelm if it's like a, something you don't like or it's Maybe a little old. <laughs> it's like that uh, idea, though. It's wild card. Just throw whatever you got. This year was a good year. That's why the glue line is really good. Last year, we're recycling. Twenty twenty two was that was a solid one. Might might be some peels in that one. <laughs> might be a little bit in there. Yeah, right. Uh, might be a little. I don't, think, I don't think they make peels. People don't get the reference. No. Was um. What's another one that's gone? Schlitz. Little, Schlitz. I don't know. I think Schlitz is gone. Strohs. Strohs. Yeah. Simple times. Yeah. Simple times. I learned this weekend that apparently there's like a high alcohol White Claw. Yes, the Surge. White Claw Surge. I had no idea. So it's funny. So my my wife loves White Claw. (laughs) And last season when we're watching Outer Banks, which we started binging, that's why it's top of my mind. Um, they were drinking in there and we're like, that's a white club, but I haven't seen that. And they were drinking the surge in that way back. And I was like, that's when it just first came out or was out there, but it wasn't really local here. So now you see them all over. The surge. Okay. Yeah. And as someone who doesn't know too much about the, the seltzer game, we were actually joking because uh, <laughs> I hung out with our, our buddy Rich from all about Apre and skied this weekend with him. And we were joking about white claws and talked someone in the lift and, I'm like, oh man, they should have like a high alcohol white claw. And the guy lifts like, dude, they got you ever heard of Surge? Like they got like a like a yeah. high alcohol one. I'm like they got well, you know what's coming up next, right? They got like the tsunami. Tsunami. Thirteen like percent white claw. Just dude, I think like that one is like eight percent. 
That's I think so. Legit. Yeah. That's no joke, man. I mean, a regular one's like five. I mean, that's. But it's kind of the point of those is, is to be light. So you can drink a bunch of them and kind of. Well, like five's not out. that light. <laughs> I mean, for amateurs, no, it's not. But for people like us, like. Yeah. We've, we've handled start getting like an eight percenter. That's pretty nice. I mean, that's better than some IPAs. Yeah, most IPAs are what seven ish. They start around six, and once you get into the dippers, you can get into the sevens, and then you get you can just keep going at that point. Yeah, you just go to the twilight zone if you want. Yeah, Pull out the uh, dogfish head one twenties. Oh yeah, yeah. They come in a blue can. So it's a blue can with okay. like a little, yeah. Do they taste any different? They actually taste probably about the same, uh, but I think they have different flavors. I don't know if they have the black cherry. Okay. That's the one that my wife likes. So that's why I think instead of a black cherry, they have like blood orange, like so a little fancier, you know? Mm-hmm. I just, I just worry about the tsunami version coming out next, like a 13% <laughs> white claw. Oh yeah. Well, they have the, um, the Mountain Dew one. I think that one's five, but you can, you know, they're going to make like a 15% Mountain Dew one. Can't stop. Won't stop. That's right. It's going to be the, the, if you thought four loco was bad, you got this five loco, five locos. We got the four locos and that one guy, they kicked out of the group. We got the fifth loco. The Pete best. Oh, that'd be great. The fifth loco. The fifth loco. Fifth loco. It says, we <laughs> sell it as like a kit like hey this comes as two separate cans there's a four loco and then there's like there's the fifth loco it's like separate very hard to get separate the drinks are okay but it's when, only when you put them together is when the problem starts it's like but we're not selling them to you combined right. what you choose to do with those two cans is all up to you yeah right you know like you can you can sell Drano and you can sell Kool-Aid he's like we're not saying you should put them together, but if you did and you bought them separately, like that's that's your decision. This Dude, is that fifth loco is like fentanyl. <laughs> fentanyl. <laughs> What's in there? Uh, it's just fentanyl. That's what the can. It. That's what the can says, and they still sell out after every <laughs> delivery. It's like heady, it. heady topper in 2016. Just people waiting. The truck shows up. Yo, man, you got some fit. You got some fifth loco. I need that fifth loco, man. <laughs> oh, they would sell out. People would really be waiting. People would kill each other over that. People are crazy. God damn! I was joking around with my wife. Like they, they had a on the radio. Then ad for uh, or somebody was talking about they're going to see Cocaine Bear, and I'm like. <laughs> What's the uh you know what's the sequel to that like fentanyl moose like what the hell? No, they they were saying actually Babylon B said they're going to have the sequel called Rehab Bear. <laughs> Rehab. Uh, Cocaine awesome. Bear. It's a real movie. It's a hell of a drug. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. We've we've really. Uh, oh, it's like Rick James. They could work Rick James in there. The ghost of Rick James comes back. I mean, when what year did that actually happen? The Cocaine Bear story. I don't know. What was it the 80s, or the 90s? Probably the 90s. Later. Yeah. It's, we've really, we should really ponder as where we are culturally that we have a movie called Cocaine Bear coming out and sort mm. of assess if this is the same. Do we want to stay on this trajectory or do perhaps we want to change course? Maybe oh so slightly. Yeah. 1985. 
There you go. Rick James, still alive. <laughs> so I'm wondering what the real story is. Did the bear just have his heart explode and that was it? Like, end movie? No movie? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't this a documentary more than a movie? Well, of course. And if it's on a movie, it's all true. It's got to be true. It's fine. Cocaine bear. Oh, boy. This is going to open the floodgates to a bunch of other terrible movies. We know this, right? Oh, yeah. There's going to be PCP Snake. <laughs> MDMA mongoose. Like this would be some crazy stuff going on. Animals getting crazy. Angel dust bunny. <laughs> Angel dust bunny. <laughs> Boom. Right? That kind of works. And that's gonna be like a wrestler name too. Angel Dust yeah. Bunny. <laughs> you know, like do the LeBron thing, except it's just bang. <laughs> that's damn Angel Dust, baby. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. Cocaine Damn, bear. If you're interested in cocaine bear, you're probably not super into this <laughs> podcast. So we thank you for listening, Mario. Let's go to ski news. So, and other kinds of white powder in the world. How about good old Palisades Tahoe? They they're getting absolutely pounded right now with snow. They announced last week that they are going to stay open until the end of May. They have over 400 inches so far this season before this insane storm that's just hitting them now. Also, they will be open for skiing and riding through Memorial Day, Monday, May 29th or longer weather, weather and conditions permitting. That's kind of funny because it seems like that's a that's pretty bold statement because they're like, yeah, we're staying open to Memorial Day, May 29th or longer, mm, or longer. weather and conditions permitting. It's like, hey, we're going to be the number one podcast in the world. Eh, listener conditions permitting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like people didn't listen to it. I don't know what happened. We were there. We said it'd be number one. Damn. Right on their website says both sides of Palisade Tahoe closed today due to avalanche hazard. Yeah, man. They are just getting absolutely slaughtered right now with snow. They're saying that they are probably getting four to six feet when the storm is all said and done. Damn. Four to six more feet. So let's call it, let's call it, let's go four feet, 48 inches. We'll call it 50 inches. That would get them to 450 inches just to the end of, of February. That's uh, that's that's a lot of inches right there. That is so crazy. So yeah, the storm that um, I don't think they have official totals right now, but they were just showing the weather forecast, and it was Monday seventeen to twenty three inches, Tuesday eighteen to twenty two, and Tuesday night another ten to fourteen possible, and then two inches Wednesday, and then Wednesday Thursday partly cloudy, Thursday mostly sunny. So the 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 storm is just smashing them right now. Wow. They're getting hit with so much snow. Snowbrains has a cool little report of was it yesterday or today? I guess it 26, was 26. Uh, so that was Sunday. All right, so that was before the storm really hit them. Just kind of going over what it was like. I mean, just absolutely insane. They just got slaughtered. So there's all these kegs of beer too. Yeah. Oh, that's because they had the um, 
the World Cup there. Right. So that was waiting for the World Cup, I guess, right? I think that's the, I think those are leftover. Those are leftovers, yeah, or empties, yeah. right? I don't know. That's pretty cool. It was a party, man. I mean, that was, that's the that's spot the to be. Party. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been a couple great places to be this winter. And Tahoe was definitely one of the best. They got the big snow. They're getting slaughtered also in Utah. Utah's 500 plus inches at Snowbird and, and Alta. Man. So it's, it's been something. Yeah, they, they have a picture of the snow report on, on snow brains and it's like periods of zero visibility. And these storms are periods of near zero visibility. Storms are near poised to deliver feet of snowfall with upwards of four to six feet. <sighs> Damn. That's glorious. some crazy forecast right there. That is glorious. And they have the days in red. Not blue for snow, red for dangerous snow. Beyond. Yeah, I mean. Exploding snow. Hey, you know, look, look what we just, you know, Mario just reported on from the website. They're saying that it's actually closed right now. Both sides yeah. of Palisades Tahoe were closed due to avalanche hazard and limited access on the mountain. Damn. So now they're saying, they're already saying on the website, over 500 inches so far. So last week, they were bragging about 400. They're already at 500 Ooh. by the end of February. It's craziness. That's great. Beautiful. Good business. I wonder what, like, they're, um, they got, I'm sure they have some name for the storm, just like a hurricane now. And it's a polar vortex bomb or whatever, right? Though there's the bomb cyclone. Yeah. Polar vortex. You got to make something bigger. Bomb vortex. Bomb vortex. Right? They have just a a bunch of words and they just throw it in some (laughs) random, random, you know, phrase generator. And then just, that's what it's called now. Yeah. Volcane snow. Oh, that's a good one. Volcane right. snow. Gas station sushi snow diarrhea. It's just everywhere. Snow You can't stop it. Snow diarrhea. <laughs> snow All right, next up we got Colorado could reap millions in additional funds if Shred Act passes Congress. So the money would come from fees that ski resorts pay to use public lands. What it means is that. If this bill introduced this month is adopted, the National Forest in Colorado would, would get to keep millions of dollars in fees that skiers pay annually on those public lands. I guess they just decided, hey, rather than allocate money, we'll just let them keep some of the money that they uh, that they bring in. Over the past decade, skiers in the U.S. collectively paid an average of $40 million annually in permit fees, and $27 million came from Colorado resorts annually. So that's a good chunk of change that's filtering through. Yeah. And you said under the Shred Act, 80% of the permit fees ski areas pay would be spent in the forest where they were generated, which would be nearly $22 million annually in Colorado. The other 20% would be spent on other forest service projects at the discretion of the Secretary of Agriculture, whose department includes the Forest Service. Bill comes at the time when Forest Service managers say they are underfunded, even as they are seeing huge spikes in visitations. White River, in in a case in the case of White River, for example, out of keeping seventy five percent of the funds, they're saying White River, 
that number could exceed $4 million annually just for them. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, Bill stipulates that 75% of the funds that come back to national forests where ski areas are located should be used for costs. The Forest Service incurs in overseeing ski area operations there. The other 25% can be used for other forest needs. In the case mm-hmm. of White River, that could exceed $4 million annually. Yeah, so it passed the House in the last congressional session and got as far as committee approval in the Senate. Bennett, a Democrat, and Wyoming Senator John Barrasso, a Republican, reintroduced the bill this month with Nagus introduced it in the House. That's Joe, Joe or John? Joe Nagus, who is the congressional district representative, which has eight ski areas from Loveland to Beaver Creek. Wow. This would be really big for Colorado. It seems like it would really... It would help some of these little uh, areas too, right? Theoretically, yeah. Like in the San Juan's Purgatory, Rio Grande, you'd have Wolf Creek. Like, So there'd be little areas that would get a little bump of money that's uh, being you know to put back in. Yeah, hey, you know what? That's a novel idea. Let's find ways to let things fund themselves. Yeah, right. if they're already if they're already charging it, why not have it go to the the actual place or service that really needs it and benefits yeah. from it? So this oh, will be yeah. cool. So more Colorado news. Aspen Ski Company has just named Jeff Buchheister as its new chief executive officer. I don't know how he pronounces his last name, but that's the proper Buck- German. Buchheister. Buchheister. Probably probably pronounces it Buckheister, but it's Buchheister if you're pronouncing it the German way. Nice. So he will begin his onboarding process with his new employer on Wednesday. So that's tomorrow. Since we're recording this on the 28th. His first priority will be to spend the next two months learning and transitioning responsibilities from President and CEO Mike Kaplan, who officially retires on April 30th after working for Aspen Ski Co. for the past 30 years. He joins Ski Co. from his current role as Chief Operating Officer at Whistler Blackcomb, the largest resort in North America owned by Vail Resorts. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. So going from fail to Aspen. So according to managing partner, Jim Crown of Aspen Ski Co., the process took longer than expected. We firmly believe it was worth the wait. In the end, we found the ideal candidate to lead our ski and summertime mountain operations into the future. Jeff has a long history in the industry, a true passion for the sport, and understands the importance of long-term planning community relations and the role employees play in delivering guests a world-class experience. So he has nearly 25 years of overall ski industry experience, primarily gained at Park City where he spent 16 years in various leadership roles, joined Vail in 2014 when the company acquired Park City Mountain Resort, appointed the lead of the company's urban ski areas, Afton Alps, Minnesota, Mount Brighton, Michigan, in Wilmot, Wisconsin, 2017 general manager of Keystone before taking his role at Whistler. Hmm. Very cool. He grew up in Winter Park, Colorado native, 
His father was a ski resort executive for 44 years. So he's definitely got some some serious ski stock. Skied wow. at University of Colorado. Yeah, has, but has he skied Camelback on a weekend? Uh, has he Boom, been, right? Has he, has he been to Jack Frost on an icy Saturday? Boom, that's right. I don't know. Well, it sounds like a pretty sweet gig. And hopefully he is successful and does a great job. So congrats to Jeff. Congrats to Aspen Ski Co. And let's see how it goes. Very cool. All right. Next up, we have Bluebird Backcountry is now offering airy one hut-based courses. So this season, first time ever, uh, they're offering the hut-based airy one course. Uh, so it's ideal to um, for those that want to make the most of avalanche education in an all-inclusive setting, which sounds pretty awesome. Sounds um, really cool, right? Yeah. So based on the most spacious and comfortable cabin exclusively, exclusively for air students, you'll enjoy amenities such as hot showers, running water, incredible views, and a fireplace. Plus, you'll be skiing guide-only terrain at Bear Mountain with a lot of fresh powder. So, uh, very cool. They have a women's special airy, airy one uh, hut-based, and they have the airy one hut-based select. So, what is the difference? I don't know. One is just for the ladies, and the one is for everybody. Yeah, but I'm wondering. Three A's, two. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, the female one, I guess it's tailored for females, which, okay. Uh, well, it's two know. days there. It's two days and one night, while the Airy One Hut Base Select is actually three, three days and two nights. Yeah, so it's a little little different. I got um, a chef on board preparing you breakfast and dinner. Oh, that sounds pretty awesome just to, Dude, just to do it. That sounds so awesome, doesn't it? Like, that Bluebird uh, Backcountry has come... A pretty long way. What has it been? Two or three years since yeah. they've been in operation. And oh, yeah. it's funny. I talked to someone in Colorado a couple months ago about the place. They're like, you really don't get much for your money there. It's pretty expensive for for what because there's nothing there. You know, it's just mm. like, hey, here's trails. There's no lift. There's, you know, yeah. going backcountry ski. It's like I can do that for free in the, the parks if I want. But it's cool that they're offering these types of services, these types of, you know, certification programs. So you get your, your airy certification and doing it in a manner like this, which I mean, the hut trip, like that sounds like a great time. That's pretty nice. And it's all organized and they take care of the food and you have menus. You're not kind of winging it, you know, like if you're starting out. Hot shower's nice. You're in a hut. Yeah, like sometimes you want to be a little rustic, but you also want to have a little bit of amenities. And this this seems like it, it kind of does a nice little balance of that, right? Oh, yeah. Got a little Louis Thirteenth shower. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so like, what kind of soap options am I going to have here? Are they going to have to put <laughs> bath bombs or something? That's right. What's my uh, toothpaste game in this? In this Didn't you order like fifty dollars toothpaste one time? Yeah, the uh, they actually sent me an email out of the blue. The that, that's why I thought about Theodent, right? What was it called? Theodent, <laughs> and I got like the tiny little sampler for like ten bucks. It was just funny. 
We look it up. Theodet. Yeah, oh. still there. They have a chocolate one with Renew, 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 whatever it is. God. So what? Like, how do they justify spending that much for toothpaste? Because it is. Because why not, right? They're selling it in stores. They don't even sell it online anymore. There's a bunch of hacks. No, oh. they're still selling it. They sold out. Of course, they're still selling it. So they have for sixteen bucks, you can get a tiny little whitening crystal mint, crystal meth. Ooh, crystal. They have crystal mint. The big one was the chocolate chip. So they have a chocolate chip toothpaste <laughs> and they had a chocolate one. That was the one I ordered because uh, it was written up in, uh, I think it was Rob Report had it. Oh, that sounds about right. So I uh, I bought it off of there. But it was funny. It was like, it was smaller than like a, uh, a travel size. Like it was weird. <laughs> but it was 10 bucks? Yeah, 10 bucks for like, one tube or two different tubes, but they were tiny, like smaller than a, a travel size. Damn. I used them like sparingly. I'm like, I got to make sure like my mouth is clean before even trying to use it to get the full effect of, of what's, what's in there. So. Hey, we got your grills, you know, you had your, uh, your grills in, you gotta get them looking good and shiny, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, um, Keeps you at the peak of oral hygiene without fluoride. So it's made with cacao, um, with the fruit from the cacao tree. So it's kind of, that's what they're, they're pushing on, the udent. Huh. Very weird. Very weird indeed. And you know, it's funny. On their website, they only have four reviews. One is from 2022. Another one's from 2021. Another one's 2020. Uh, the other two are 2020. So they haven't even had a, like a recent review. It's like June of 22. Yeah. So. And everyone was home. COVID. No one's brushing their teeth. They would... <laughs> or was it hype? I don't know. It was a Rob report. It must be good. They just, you know. Probably a bit of hype. I don't know. They 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 brought the Brinks truck of this theodent and they said, what do you say? You get us in your Rob report. Seems like one of those like Silicon Valley VC back deals. We're like, hey, we have this amazing toothpaste. Ted Hunnam's uh, toothpaste. Ted, what's his name? What's that? The uh, the guy with the going doors. What was his name? Oh, Russ Hanneman. Russ Hanneman. That's what he's using. This is a Russ. Han- no, this is product. This is a Russ Hanneman product. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this in a bottle of Thrace Comas will get you like in. It'll open up doors for you and hook you up with a the tube of toothpaste for just fifty bucks. What a deal! See what they got to do is make this like the best tasting. You know, Thrace Comas is the one you have after the Theodet. So you, you brush go. your tooth teeth with it, and then you can experience. It's kind of like a pre like you have a Basil Hayden like toothpaste to. Cleanse your palate. It's a palate cleansing toothpaste. Boozy toothpaste. It's, it's the future. Right. Don't go to like sleep sober. Yeah. Bourbon toothpaste with bourbon. Yep. Or whiskey toothpaste with bourbon. How about that? It's an interesting idea. Perhaps the world's ready. Well, what the world is not ready for, at least what Mike Day is not ready for, was Michaela Schifrin splitting with him, her longtime coach. 
American ski standout Michaela Schifrin had an unexpected split with her longtime coach Mike Day during the middle of the World Championships after informing him that she planned to take a new direction with her staff at the end of the season. With her staff. I wonder yeah. how big. Like, yeah, like, I wonder who Michaela's like entourage is. Her staff. Obviously, she has like the the ski tuning guy. There's like a sock washer. There's like a toothpaste. There's a toothpaste dude out there trying to get his theodent. He's like, man, Michaela needs a damn theodent. Yeah. Well, I know her mom is is big into her. I think like her manager, mom kind of. She? Yeah, I think the mom's kind of manager. So here's the quote. From U.S. Alpine director Patrick Rimmel told AP, Michaela wants to do something different going forward. She wants a new challenge. And she informed Mike and he decided to go home. The shock for me that he took off. After working with Mike Day for seven seasons, I've decided to move forward with new leadership on my team for the next phase of my career, Schifrin said in a statement released by the U.S. ski team. I want to thank Mike and acknowledge all of his work and dedication over the last several years. Day worked with Schifrin for 65 of her 85 World Cup wins, having coached her since July 2016. It's not the first time Schifrin has parted ways with one of her coaches midseason. Last year, assistant coach Jeff Lackey was removed from her team shortly before the Beijing Olympics. Hmm. We all know how those turned out for Michaela. Just saying. It's not... Maybe not the best move. Yeah, I mean, seven years, it's that's a long time. A lot of W's. I mean, at some point, you know, it's just like with sports, you know, like your, your team is, I mean, I think she's doing well. It's not like she's doing lousy this season. Yeah. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You wonder if maybe her boyfriend, Alexander Kilday, was like, hey, I don't like this guy. I'll coach you. <laughs> you never know. Like, you just don't know. You never know. So much... So much drama, so much potential, so many other stories that are possible. But you know, best you luck know, to both of them. You're in the Alps, so you, you're a little get, you know, a little miscoozy, a little miscoozy. You have no idea what's going on. Just yeah. kind of, I'm, yeah, I'm things, things happen. I just wonder how much of a like, how much? Like, what's Michaela's staff? Like, I still want to know. Like, what's her whole? Does she have like an org chart? Oh, I bet you there's an org chart floating around. <laughs> Like an org, Michaela's org chart. It's funny. If Michaela's listening to this, she should try to figure out which one of her staff has the damn org chart if she doesn't think they have one. Because you know they have one. Like, does she have like a full C suite? You know, like chief training officer? Does she have like a chief social media officer? Like, how does that work? There's got to be a social media person. Got to have a publicist, right? Yeah, social publicist, media. of course. Like, I wonder, like, what is team? I want to know what Team Michaela's whole, like, how, like, what are their roles? How many people do they have? Team are there Michaela. holes that we could help fill? Whoa! Hey, now <laughs> this is how you get fired as one of the coaches. It's just too easy. Fired. It is too yeah. easy. I know. Kind of. This is why you get fired midseason. <laughs> that was a Basil Hayden softball right there. <laughs> that was. I was like, are you, is this are you really saying that? Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, Team McKay, they don't have like an org chart. <laughs> so this is where Wikipedia falls short. I want the org chart. There should be more like weird shit on there. Like, does she have like a guy who walks around like just holding headphones for her? 
<laughs> headphone guy. You know, like, think about, headphone like, dude. Think about like rap videos and think about like the people that have in their entourage. That's right. Think like the weirdest people doing the most benign tasks. Like, does she have those people too? <laughs> That's like you can't even hold your own money to make it rain. You got to have somebody else hold it. And then <laughs> yeah, you can make right? it rain. You, know, you go on that level. Somebody else got to hold my make it rain money. And what about like, like Mikhail doesn't carry her keys around with her. Like she got to hmm. drive her. You know? She's not even starting a car. Yeah. Is she running in with the keys? Oh, I forgot my key. No, no. She's yelling at somebody because they forgot the keys to get in the damn car. Yeah. Yeah. Mikhail staff. I like that. We, we got to find cook. out. There's, there's got to be more online. Yeah, cook. yeah. Well, nutritionist, right? Nutritionist, right. That's a fancy term for a person that plans the meals and cooks them. Yeah. Going to Costco. <laughs> That's right. Going to Costco, getting the Part Aussie bites. We know it's all Aussie bites. <laughs> Aussie bites. <laughs> it's Aussie bites and Dr. Pepper. Rotisserie so. chicken. Aussie bites, rotisserie chicken. All she eats. Oh, and Barilla pasta. Barilla. Oh, yeah, obviously. Uh, see, I know the sponsors. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, she has Barilla on everywhere she goes. Right. She can't get enough. You find she had like, really fat one summer. She's like all like lasagna up. <laughs> like, whoa, we had to get a change the size of Michaela's. Like, after she back. breaks, she breaks the record like next weekend. That's and, like, right. This summer, she just friggin' just goes like whole hog. <laughs> She's just jolly. Just She's like the jolly Michaela Schiffer. Just take like, a giant skier. He's <laughs> oh <laughs> just like huge trying to ski. It carries me down the mountain faster. Well, Who imagine knows? she did. She just like packed on the barilla and then did the downhill only. <laughs> just flying. Carbs, man. It's it's all good. Flying. Carbs flying. It's like two hundred pounds more, and she's just flying down the mountain. She's literally breaking all barriers. Just saying, Damn. she should maybe look into that. Maybe someone on her staff could look at the benefits. She she probably has a carb loading. girl that's doing that. Carb loading. Carb loading. Probably yeah. a, is there a, a professor of carbs? There should be. Chief carb officer. CCO. So I wonder about the titles. Like if I had my own company, I think I'd have like professor of this, the real professor. No, I just call him the professor of drop of knowledge. I don't know. Well, it's <laughs> like my when, data uh, architect. Did, didn't... Uh... Elon Musk like started giving out like wacky titles and like started freaking people out. I love that. And then like, everybody thinks like oh, master of crazy. They call him like master of coin instead of like CFO. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Right. Coin. It's true. Yep. I don't know. Michaela, if you don't have fancy titles like that, that would be fabulous. And we need an org chart. I think we could definitely fill some holes. <laughs> fill some of Michaela's holes Ew. on her staff. On her staff. Investment advice, perhaps. You gotta buy some more Bitcoin, Michaela. What the fuck? Stop buying so much Barilla and start buying some more Bitcoin. And hopefully she didn't give her Bitcoin to that wacky whatever guy that's in hiding. Oh, can't be trusted. Can't be trusted. SBF. Can't be trusted. Yeah. How do you trust anybody with Bitcoin? You can't. Think about that. And then how do you trust that when you save it to the drive, it's gonna be there when you go to look at it and not be erased? Just saying. I'd lose sleep if I had that much Bitcoin in a, in a hard wallet, like sitting around the house. Well, that's why there's companies, and not that they're not sponsors of the program, but companies like Casa, they offer a uh, multi-sig solution where you can have multiple um, keys to sign your your Bitcoin transactions. So like it's it's stored in a, a offline wallet. 
There's uh, Coin Kite is another one. They sell the cold card wallet, similar thing, but it's you you control it more instead of having it at another company. What's the one? Unchained Capital is another big one. There's a bunch of them. Like they're they're trying to make it easier. That's that's sort of I think. Yeah. Bitcoin's like only issue right now is you have to have a little bit of technical acumen mm. and a little bit of I want to do this and own this myself versus like I have a bank account and there's nothing JP Morgan would ever do to my bank account. They would never shut it down. I mean, hey, they didn't mm. shut Epstein's account down. Why would they shut mine down? Right. Exactly. Yeah. But then you go to make a purchase and they're like, well, it's flags for fraud. It's like, do you really? Yes. What do you value? Convenience or sovereignty? I don't know if we're on team Schiffrin. I think we're getting a Schiffrin corporate card. We're getting like team Schiff. We could help her out. Michaela coin. Michaela coin. <laughs> Boom. Don't invest in Michaela coin. Can you imagine if you, you created Michaela coin and they used it at every FIS ski event? Like that would be an honor, right? Well, that's that's the whole thing that got kind of wacky with all these coins that came out is that yeah. like, like why do we have so many of them they're all kind of stupid but yeah. if you had like a nft utility token that was like a michaela that if you got it it would unlock it's like oh you get like vip access when she has like her you know events so you get to go and like meet her and hang out with her because you purchased this sort of it's almost like a like a vip a, access it's a vip creep ticket kind of pretty much yeah <laughs> you just described like a vip creep and stock ticket but what is any vip pass isn't that what it is it's like a, bro you don't need a ticket to do that so you can smell her you get, you get one sniff of michaela with this pass with this nft <laughs> you down a dark creepy hole dude everything goes to creepy holes like that's just how where things end up we're all gonna end up in a creepy hole at some point in our life. That's true. Actually, at the no. end of our life. So, yeah. Enjoy the holes while you can. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, do like the shoot wedding. You gotta get married in your own grave, right? Wow, I think I missed that one. It's how they roll. Yeah. Well, speaking of rolling, get the last one here. All right, two U.S. ski resorts are forced to close due to warm temperatures and lack of snow. God Ooh. damn. That's a kick in the chops right there. And one of them is one of your faves. Uh, Ober. 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 Ober like, is almost like Ober. Nober. So Ober Gatlinburg in Tennessee. And our buddy Tim went there. He texted me. I think you were on that text. Did you see it? Yeah. He said it was everything we talked about and more. <laughs> he said it was awesome. So we got to find out. That said, Tim... If you don't follow Tim on Twitter or Instagram at Ski Rex Media, Tim did come back with COVID. <laughs> oh, and his not laptop surprising. and his laptop's like not working. So that has COVID too. Ski Rex Media is having some problems right now. Damn. So hope you feel better, Tim. Yeah, hope I hope you partied your ass off. Sounded like you were having a pretty good time. So well, Tim, Tim's not allowed to party anymore. He's he told us about that. Yeah, that's he parties in his own way. But parties in his own way. He said it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, he said he taught a was it a family from was it like Louisiana, Louisiana, all 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 day. He just hung out and was teaching him how to ski. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Give him back. Is. Yeah, it's kind of like a like a skiing guardian angel, if you will. Yeah, pretty that's cool. Awesome. That's pretty awesome. So 
Yeah, so Ober is um, Tennessee, of course, over Gatlinburg. Um, and they're saying Paoli Peaks, Indiana. They close 22nd of February and won't reopen the remainder of the season. So Ober and Paoli Peaks. So Tim was there probably the last weekend of Ober. I think it closed the day he left. Oh, wow. He was Close. there, I mean, right about as they were going to end it all. I mean, the pictures, I mean, I don't know if you follow him or uh, we're looking at his posts. He was showing, I mean, it, it looks a bear. lot like what we were seeing in like the Poconos this year. It's just a lot of dirt, oh. not a lot of snow. Yeah, but you know what? Nobody really cares there. They're all like learning. There's no, there's nobody going out with, hey, I'm demoing skis or, but no, there's none of that. You're getting rental skis. Everybody's like, Parsley and jeans. You're lucky if you have a coat and they're hanging out in a crowd and everybody's crashing into them. It's, it's starting how to ski. That's all it is. It's, it's the, it's one of the, like the visions of what you picture a beginner ski hill to be. Yeah. It's like, imagine everyone as a beginner, possibly drunk. Right. And attached to them all. It's attached to them all. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, so Powley Peaks is a small resort in Indiana in the Hoosier National Forest, so 100 miles south of Indianapolis. Uh, so that's the other one. So they, um, they announced yesterday that they are closing as well for the re- remainder of the season, you know. And both of these do snowmaking, uh, and they do, I know Ober Gatlinburg does something where. They take snow that's already frozen and they kind of shave it and, and throw it out. So even if it's warm, like that'll stay for a little while. Uh, it's just a different way to, to do it. And they pride themselves on that. They're able to blow snow in way over <laughs> freezing temperatures because they do it that way. It's like already frozen there. They're chopping I remember, I remember when we talked to, um, was it Ryan? It was, yeah, I think it was Ryan. I think it was Ryan. He was talking about that, that snow, whatever they kind of like snow ice making process that they have. Yeah. It's like a patented, like a special process. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But it really, it sounds a lot like a Snoopy snow cone machine. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. They're not making the uh, champagne powder. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The Wasatch out there, but it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, they couldn't even get through February. You know what it is? It just, it is, it's responsible from a environmental point of view because they're just using that much more electricity and whatever to make it, make the magic happen, but also financially it's draining, you know? Yeah. So I tell you what, Ober's not hurting because you go right into town and everything is still going to be hopping and people are oblivious to the fact there's a little ski mountain right there. Yeah, I mean, what percentage of of the town's revenue really comes from skiing? Probably five yeah. percent tops. Right, but it's a huge draw to say, you know, while we're there, we could do this, and people are like, all right, cool, let's go, let's go do it. And then I think the, in the summer they had where you come, where the uh, tram comes in, you're going in and you're getting ready to dock the tram into the whatever the mall that it connects to. And as you're looking out, they actually have bear caves right there because in the, in the summer they have like all these, you know, I guess that's one of the attractions. It's like all bear hanging out. And, uh, it's funny. I'm like, 
if this lift falls, we're in like the bear area. <laughs> like yikes. Not on the side of it. Like it falls right in it. I'm like, now I'm a little scared. <laughs> yeah, that could be yeah. bad news. But yeah, so those two announced and uh that's pretty sad. They have the one picture of the person in Indiana and it's just it looks like they're in a chair in ski gear riding over a nice green park. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, man, Indiana, you're lucky for getting anything ski wise. So it stinks, but you know, you play the hand you're dealt. It's all you can do. It happens every year. Right. Yep. And that wraps up the ski news. So speaking of playing the hand you're dealt, we're going into our main topic and Mario, we played the hand that we were dealt. Oh, we did. You decided to come to New Hampshire a couple weeks ago. And we, as we talked about in the last episode, we skied with Tim from Ski Rex at Cannon on the Monday. And then the next day, Tuesday, we went to beautiful Waterville Valley. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And it was both of us, it was our first time skiing at Waterville Valley. So we had absolutely no idea what to expect. And I mean, I know I've kind of looked on the map, tried to get the lay of the land. We drove up from Plymouth. So it was a, you know, not, not too big, bad of a drive, maybe like a half an hour. Yeah. So we decided to stay in Plymouth because we did Cannon one day and Waterville the next. And I think that was a pretty good choice. That was a solid option. And now because the week after we were there, Kenny Mountain, which is actually in Plymouth, opened. Nice. So now we could do like the trifecta, hit those yeah. three right Not there, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. So we were looking. Um, so we got to Waterville, and it's an interesting drive because you get off and you're in in Campton, New Hampshire. And if you, I'm going to pull up the map just so I can make sure I'm speaking correctly here. We go past Campton, which is. Danny boy's territory, right? Our good pal, Dan Egan. Yeah. You're going through his, pretty much his town right there. And you're going through, you get off the highway and you know, there's some stuff when you first get off. It's actually a Campton mountain ski area too. Hmm. Nice. Right over there. So you go through the good old, you know, there's Dunkin' Donuts, there's a couple coffee shops and then you just get into like the, the park. Yeah. So the park area. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's almost, not sure if it's national or um, I mean, it's state, a state park or national park, right there. Yeah. And it's funky because you kind of make the turn to go into the mountain itself, like where the Waterville Valley Mountain is. But if you were to go straight, there's actually that's where the valley is, and there's a couple of little hotels, a couple of restaurants condos that kind of stuff a little pond but there's not a ton of stuff golf course that thing but we get there you know it's <laughs> yeah we got to the it was way more crowded than we expected on a tuesday only because yeah. we did find out which actually ended up being a good thing for us that it was a, a ski industry day it was a big demo day so if you were in the industry you were able to go they had all the new 2023, 2024 skis available from a lot of the big companies. So you can go and check them out. And I guess like when you look at the shape of Waterville, 
it's almost like a arrowhead shape. Yeah, it's a really kind of cool. I liked it. I like the design. Yeah, it was, it was kind of narrowish. And then there was like, you know, if you had the arrowhead pointing down, that was where the, you know, the lodges and where all the lifts come together. And then it goes up and there's a little, you know, T-bar at the top where you get to the, um, what's the name? There's a couple of blue runs up there. It's the high country T-bar and you have like Ruthie's run and scramble and tree line up there. It was very cool. It was a lot of fun. Again, interesting thing is they, you know, we got there and like I said, there's a lot of people there, industry folks that were kind of walking around. All the tents were set up. Again, we had no idea what to expect going in there. And, you know, an interesting thing too is, you know, the the resort itself is owned by the governor's family, hmm. the Sununu family. That's very awesome. Which is interesting. And kind of surprising that it is on Indy Pass because it's, you know, you... It, 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 I don't know. For some reason, to me, it just seems that it's surprising that it made it, considering I know you know, tried it. Because we were going there. That's why. Well, so, you know, because they always talk about how they don't want to have too many resorts that are close together on the Indy Pass. Yeah. And, you know, Cannon and Waterville are not far apart. Are they 20 minutes from each other? 25 yeah, minutes? Yeah, very close. But it was great having both of them as an option. Now, one thing you want to hear something weird? Yes. So I get back from vacation, go to work. My boss is, uh, he lived in Pennsylvania for, I think he, I think he grew up in Pennsylvania. He at least went to Penn State, you know, the Penn Stater. So he has relatives in Jersey and he lived up there and then he moved down to Florida. But I was saying to him, I was like, yeah, I was up in New Hampshire and I went skiing. And he's like, yeah, he's like, did you ever go to Waterville Valley? I'm like, what the fuck? How do you know about that? He's like, he's like, I went there with the family. It's a great place to go. I'm like, yeah, we loved it, man. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. That was the, one of the first thoughts I had after doing a couple of runs there. I'm like, like this would be a great place to bring the family for a couple yeah. of days. Well, I was saying you can't, you can't lose each other. Like you yeah. always end up in the same lodge area, which I think is really cool. You yeah. Know? But I will say that parking lot was goddamn treacherous. <laughs> they did have the shuttle. We could have waited for the shuttle. We could have waited for the shuttle. And it was one of those tiered. So you're parking on the hill. So if this lot, lower lots close, you go up and, you know, you, you try to get like as close as you can to where you walk in. And if you don't, if you decide not to wait for the tram, it's pretty icy. It was pretty icy and slippery. And you kind of taking your life in your own hand anyway. So it was really icy. It was really oh, yeah. sketchy, but we managed to get there. Yeah, that was pretty cool. We got yeah. there and, and then we saw all these people that were like, what the, what? Yeah. Right. We we had kind of a heads up though, what was going yeah. on. That's true. Yeah. We, I mean, we didn't really explore too much of the lodge or anything or any of the, the lounge or the, the restaurants there, at least at the, the base. Yeah, we'll get into, we'll get into the we, airport. You got to drive home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Had a six hour drive home from there. Yeah. But, you know, when you get out there, the first thing you see is they have the the new, the Tecumseh Express, which is their new six-pack, yeah. heated seat, bubble, fancy lift that they just installed at the beginning of the season. And <laughs> I got to tell you, I think I posted a, a story or a reel or something that day. I mean, It goes right to the Schweindihut. The Schweindihute. Schweindihute. But that lift is so nice. 
when it's working. So first thing I said to you when we sat in, I was like, you know how you watch professional soccer and those people are sitting in like the ultimate like gaming chair. Like that's what the seats yeah. were like. I was like, it was pretty nice. Oh yeah. They were like the, the tall back, you know, and kind of contoured. And yeah, I mean, it really was. And those seats are nice. heated, right? Yeah. The seats are heated. So I was like, all I need is like a little massage in the chair. And I like, that would have been the perfect chair. Forget about it. Forget about it. I'm riding the lift all day. Yeah. <laughs> they had an issue. So and one thing we did notice while we were there, the lift stopped a bunch of times. Like there was one time right around late lunch-ish where it was stopped for like 40 minutes. Yeah. And so this luckily was, we were in the Schweindehut. We were in the Schweindehut. Schweindehut. And <laughs> at the base there, like I said, they were had all the the tents there for the demos. So that lift was being very heavily utilized by those people kind of going up, going down, trying to get try out these new skis. Yeah. So it was not the best of timing. And for those who remember, or for those who just looked it up, they had an incident back in December where they had a bunch of high winds and the top terminal of the Tecumseh Express experienced damage. Oof. Sustained high winds caused some of the panels to blow off of the top terminal. One panel flew off the terminal into the lift shack, breaking the shack's glass window. Yeah. The lift was operational, but the damage is purely cosmetic. So they had, you know, they had a couple of issues. They had issues with stoppages while we were there. They've had them over the last couple of months. And I don't think it was high wind, right? It didn't seem like we were. Not that day. That day was 34 and sunny. It was a bluebird perfect day. Bluebird day. And to have that day when we had Canon the day before where it was foggy all day was just weird. Completely different. Well, we were joking too because you had to go to the airport afterwards. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you were stuck on that lift and you're just like, what the f- I got to get off right. this goddamn lift. I'm going to miss my flight. Like, I got to go. Yeah. Uh, that, that was a little tough. You know, yeah. you know, somebody yeah, is like, oh, great. I'm going to, I got these new skis. I'm going to try them out. I'm doing another demo. And then they're sitting on a lift for 40 minutes. It's like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was pretty, that would have been awful. But, you know, we, uh, luckily, we were able to get up a couple times early. That's pretty much the lift that we hit the first couple runs. And I think it was after you left that other lift opened up. Do you oh, have the one? Do you have the trail map open right now? Yeah, Sunnyside we did go on. No, that one opened as you were leaving. Oh, we were, that's we were doing the Green Peak Triple. We were pretty much doing. Oh, we the did Tecumseh. Valley Run once. Oh, Green Peak Trail. That's right. We did that, and we zipped down there. We did a lot. Did that a lot. Yeah. Right. That was fun over there. Like little. Oh, it was a lot of fun. And there was a run actually. I I, I figured out after you left, I went up because um, what we also ran into our our pal Mike from Terracia and his girlfriend. They were skiing there, trying. Some. Yeah, Mike. So shout out to Mike and Shannon. There was it was great skiing with them. They both freaking rip and hmm. they were trying out a bunch of different skis and that was fun seeing them one thing i hit so up that green hmm. peak uh we, we would always go off to the left and we hit all the different ones governor's way ruffled feathers everything that was open we were going yeah. on but the one time i went to the chandler's way to the right oh yeah and then the wayne wong way 
So you hit that long way. You could bomb down that and cut straight across and get to that sunny side lift, which was nice. nice. Yeah, because they opened that after the uh, quad wasn't going. See, that's just a fun ass mountain, though, because you had all your little regions that you could just kind of spend like a good part of a day in. Yeah. Well, we, um, so yeah, we, like Mario mentioned, the, sh- the good old Schwindi Hütte. Yeah. Luckily, when uh, we, we had a pretty, pretty early lunch, because I know you had to duck out, we wanted to get a few more runs in. So, what, what is the Schwindi Hütte that we're talking about? And it's funny because we mentioned it to Mike and Shannon. And they're like, what are you even like? We have no idea what you're talking you know about. What it's called. It has a dog on the sign. Like you, you can't miss it. It is a very European, like alpine looking hut, pretty much yeah. where you can get lunch and they have a, beer, a warming food. area downstairs though. Did you see that? Yeah, warming area. They had a place, you know, table set up downstairs. They had yeah. food, had some clam chowder. They had a uh, wood burning stove downstairs. Yeah. Nice and warm up. So that place, that place is, it was cool. It was just very, it reminded you of being in the Alps. If you're in Zermatt or Ischgl or whatever, one of those places, those are the types of places they have on the mountain. Oh, Similar cuisine. You get the lookout area, the little deck. Really cool spot. And we were lucky we were in there because that's, otherwise we probably would have been on that Tecumseh Express that was stopping. Stuck for a while. So yeah, when we started, we just, you know, we're pretty much lapping the Tecumseh and then we go up that, that high country T-bar to get to the very top. And those blues up there, they're just wide open, steep, fun mm. bombers. And you bomb down them because when you're getting back to that area where the lifts meet up, there's a little uphill. So you could just be going down there as fast as you want and that thing will slow you down and there's tons of space to stop and oh, yeah, hit really up the cool hotel if you want. Yeah, it was it was just fun, and we luckily had it, you know, pretty good conditions, and it was clear and we could see. Yeah, but One that was thing, fun. We just bombed down. It's just wide, wide open. Just all like, and we got there early too, so it was all it was not tra- even tracked. Yeah, uh, that those runs that you can see, kind of skiers right after you get off the Tecumseh, that True Grit, Gemma, Chow. That's, Did we do know, lower Bobby's run? I don't think that was open. I don't think it was open. Because now I'm looking, I'm like, why didn't we do that? And why didn't we do that? But we did, you know, True Grit is one of their double blacks. And it's just steep. Like, it's yeah, really it's steep. Fine. Just Well, yeah, I mean. We bombed that thing. Well, another thing. I think it was right after you left. <laughs> I was going down. And I was going, I was behind uh, Mike and Shannon. And I was, you know, I'm always going at a pretty good clip. And this dude flew past me. <laughs> And he's tucking just down. Well, he just exploded too. Like he hit something and just exploded. And everyone in the because there's a lift right next to the like side. Damn. Everyone's like, oh. <laughs> and um, I went over to him because he totally yard sailed. He didn't have poles. Like he was one of those guys. I don't know what he was even doing. He was just like bombing down like, the hill. You have pants on. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He's like he had goggles and skis, and that was it. But he just bombed, and he, he yard sailed. And I go up to him like, I'm like, dude, are you okay? Because I was grabbing his ski and walking over to him. He's like, he's like, surprisingly, yes. <laughs> I was like, what are you, did you try to kill yourself? Like this didn't work out the way you hoped it would. Like just very bizarre. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm tripping balls right now, man. I don't know what's going on. He's the coolest my shirt pants, man. <laughs> Dude, how you naked running down this thing? <laughs> I'm alive. I'm alive. <laughs> so weird. Uh, he's getting baptized right there. <laughs> he's like, pour some water on me quick. <laughs> damn, he's a, he's a goddamn devil. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was it was nutty, but yeah, Ooh. he just bombed it, just straight bombed it. Go, bro, just go. Oh, yeah. oh, that's awesome. But yeah, those were those runs, those true get Gemma Chow, all really steep, really fun. Yeah, we just, got lucky we had good snow that day because uh, that true get we you're still able to grip in and and go down. I could imagine if that was icy, that would be like a big slip and slide. That would be pretty awful. But one thing that was kind of awful there is they were blowing snow. And I don't know if it was the kind of snow they were making, if it was just too, oh. if it was too heavy, too wet, because like I said, people it was were too wet and it was like thick, heavy, that, that grippy, heavy snow. Yeah. And I forget if it was white caps or upy, upper Bobby's run. It was one of those ones <laughs> off Tecumseh. I think it was Upper Bobby's run. I think it it was they, so they were blowing a lot of snow, and you have again a lot of industry folks, people who rip, people who can really ski. They were yeah. blowing so much snow, people were trying to go through it, and it was like total double ejection. Like you going in front of us, just poof, but flying. I was like, like yeah, like probably forty miles an hour, fifty miles. They were flying. Oh, they were flying. I was and like, they just. Just ripped the skis off them, and they just kept flying down the hill. I, I thought like, I thought they were hurt. Like, remember yeah. we stopped, and I'm like, "Are you okay?" And the and the kids like, "Yeah, I'm fine." I was like, "Okay," but they were like pissed though because again, you tell they were like oh, yeah. really good skiers, and they're like, "This is this this sucks." Like, what the hell's going on here? And I, I'm glad I saw them because I'm I was too. flying too, and yeah. I was like, and I really slowed myself down, and even I got like. Like that whole like jerk you do, like when you, when the, it's horrible. that yeah. snow catches you. Oof. Well, I think I Bad had news. my bindings usually. Oh, I didn't touch them. Oh no. They were my own bindings. Oh yeah. Those are wrenched up. They're like cranked up. So yeah. I'm not ejecting. I'm just blowing out like ligaments and who knows what. All your CLs. Oh yeah. It's not. I was like, I saw that. I was like, I'm glad we saw it. Cause, uh, that would have been pretty horrible. It was super gnarly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they, they pushed it around <laughs> at some point during the day, but <laughs> they got up in this dude. Oh. My pants. You got my pants. <laughs> <laughs> up in the trees, man. Like the guy had his um his ski tracks app. He was going for maximum speed. This guy's little shovel on his back. Where he's, like, go? he's like eighty or nothing. <laughs> That's one hell of a run. 80 miles an hour, I'm not wearing pants. One or the other. Uh, that's funny shit. It's like all breakaway stuff. <laughs> Who is breakaway stuff? Uh, Maximum speed. Uh, that was uh, the miserable part is we like went in and we saw like the Compass Express like stopped. We came yeah. out and it's like, that's been like a half hour. Yeah. And you know what? That's not good for, for the Schwendi Hütte because no one could go and get lunch up there. Everyone's just sitting there right, on the lift being miserable. If everybody was at least up on top, they'd be like, well, why go down? We could spend time at the Schwendi Hütte. 
Yeah, we noticed there. Like, no one was coming in. We're like, what's going on here? Went outside, saw it, figured it out. <clears throat> and that was that. Yeah. But again, it was a, it was a cool spot. I mean, just again, really, it was very open. And I know they do have some, you know, some gladed stuff. And because you know, we hadn't gotten a ton of fresh snow at that point, it was probably, yeah. it wouldn't have been even, you know, couldn't have gone in there anyway. But cool layout, like really nice location, really well-maintained trails. Besides I, that snow being a little dicey, that the snow they were blowing and <laughs> the chairlift being stopped all the time. I mean, yeah. the place was awesome. That place, yeah, that place was awesome. We didn't check out, like you said, we didn't check out the bars or anything. And it looked like they had good facilities, which um, which was a little better than Cannon, where we were there. <clears throat> um, a little more polished, yeah. A little more polished. But, um, yeah, they had a big base lodge, so that looked good. Um, I really liked the, the terrain. Training was nice. Um, yeah. I can say for a small mountain, it was a lot of fun. Dude, 2,000 feet of vertical, man. It's no Not joke. Not that small. Yeah. Not that small. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the trail map makes it look a little tighter, I think, than it actually is. It's a little bit more spread out. But it was it was a really fun place. I would love to do it for a couple days and check out the yeah. rest of the area there. The thing is, like, there doesn't sound like there's a ton to really do around the area. You know, if you're, no. if you're going out after, like I said, even like the little Waterville Valley like the actual Valley Valley where there's the, the town. I mean, you know, there's a little conference center. Did you guys do there? Cause it... I didn't No, I mean, I just stopped at the Dunkin Donuts right before I got on the highway. Yeah. I saw the signs for like, uh, Opry ski or something like that. I was like, all right, they're doing a good job advertising. Like I don't see anything. I'm going to keep driving, you know, to the airport, which I'm glad I did. Was that that mad river? Um, was mad river saloon or mad river? It might've been. They had a sign going from like the, you know, as you're coming out of the park there, because it's all government. I think government or state land, whatever it is, I think it's, I think it's federal because it was all brown signs. Mm -hmm. The brown signs are federal. Not sure. Okay. Um, Yeah. So they did some good signage coming out of there, but I didn't see anything. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to veer off. It's going to get out of here. There's like the, the Mad River Tavern and, um, there's the the dam brew house, which huh. is supposed to be pretty legit, and then there was another um, Irish pub that was on the way. The pub, but you still got to go. You got to drive, like you know, it's not like right there, right there. Yeah, you you know, there isn't really much right. Like I said, right there, there's a couple condo complexes. There's like a restaurant or two, but nothing. The Coyote Grill seems to be like the only thing there. Grill. <clears throat> interesting. So, yeah, it's an interesting area. I don't know how long you could actually stay there. You know, if it's something you'd really want to stay for a week, or is it like a two, three night kind of place? Definitely cool. The mountain itself was a lot of fun. Charming area. Definitely want to go back again. So, I love the terrain. Like for some reason, there was something about that terrain that was just, I could see it being great with a group. Cause like you'd split up, meet up later. Like it was just, you want to do, you know, we want to hit double blacks. That's good. 
you have blacks, you get, you want to hit blues, whatever you want. We'll still meet up at the bottom. <clears throat> it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's easy to to get everyone meeting up. If your kids are in lessons, you can yeah. just yeah let them go do their thing, and you'll be like, oh, we'll meet you back right here. Yeah, well maintained. People are friendly. So it's it's all positive. I gotta say, I wish I didn't have to. I wish we stayed there, skied the whole day, and then <clears throat> uh, stayed overnight. That would have been cool. Yeah. Well, perhaps we'll have to do that next time. Yeah. Next time could happen in the next few weeks for me. Whoa, look at that. Whoa. Whoa. You let me know when, bro. I'm up there. <laughs> All day, every day. Yeah, that's right. I kind of wish I had gone to the Mad River Coffee House instead of the Duncan, looking at the map right now. Uh, yeah. Corporate, GMO, all that like stuff in your coffee versus chill there's a guy playing a guitar soul patch hanging out hey man that's what coffee I'm talking about i knew exactly what you wanted man here's Dun- your coffee duncan is always disappointing i'm in <laughs> yeah. there and there's like would you like <laughs> well there was like there was like these like you know people from the mountain that were you know in front of me, and they had these like ridiculous orders. Everything was some sort oh. of like. Do you have milk yet? <sighs> like I need some sugar packets. Like, do you have any of the diet sugar, the yellow one, the Splendas? It's like, ugh. The, you know the best part is, do you know what's in it? No, it's the yellow one, man. Yeah. Am I speaking another language? Yeah. Do you know what's in it? Yeah. That's my only regret from the day yeah. is not having stopped at the good coffee shop and going to Dunkin'. But if that's your only regret. At the end of a ski day, I think you're doing pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. Not bad at all. So what's in the yellow packet versus the white packet first? Well, the white packet's regular sugar. Brown didn't packets. Watch, didn't we watch Breaking Bad? Ricin, bro. There's ricin in the ricin. yellow packet. That's ricin. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like aspartame, sucralose. Like it's all sorts of like creepy chemicals. And then it's sugar and like some kind of natural cane or turbinado sugar they got whatever yeah. that is pretty much yeah it's all problematic i'm looking at uh montserrat palace i want to book uh book out zermont look at you it's one place i want to go back i think it's during the epic pass next year is it i think so that in japan wow easy baby yeah <laughs> We got to do Japan. Let's do Japan next. Uh, I would next love season. to do Japan. Yes. I plan way in advance. Konnichiwa, my friends. Yes. I plan days in, in advance. Japanese. <laughs> we could have our, Brian could go, oh, and like you could have the, the lines racing and I could be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a great podcast. It'd be like, it'd be like Pokemon. Yeah, the Pokemon Pokemon podcast. Pokemon. Pokemon. Is there a filter for that? There probably is. Probably. All right. Any other final notes on Waterville Valley? Uh no, just highly recommend. It was it was great. I I tell you what, we had a good time. Yes, very good time. Hit up the Schwendi Hütte. Make sure you're uh yeah. It'll be a fun time. It'd be cool to see it what it's like when it has a lot of snow. But even if it's just yeah. groomed out, it's still make sure you get your uh, your your ripper skis. They're nice and waxed and sharpened, and you'll have a great time. Boom. All right. 
Well, I guess that wraps up the old podcast of the week. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out, skibonepodcast.com. Go to your favorite social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Untapped, YouTube, at Podcast. Send us an email, skibonepodcast at gmail.com. Hey, you want to be part of this? Become a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Podcast. You could be one of the few, the proud. Make it happen. We got a shop to a studio tour. Studio tour is coming. That level is coming. We're at the shop. Skibonpodcast.com slash shop. Thank you to Terracia. Go to their website, terracia.com. Use the code TERRACIABUM, 15% off. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay fluent. See ya.